You are listening to Metrics and Chill, a podcast about business metrics and the interesting ways that people improve them. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. My guest today is Chris Cardone, customer success lead at Unstack, which is a no-code marketing platform that allows marketers and entrepreneurs to launch and scale a business more quickly which sounds awesome. Chris, welcome to the show. I know we've chatted a little bit about this on LinkedIn. I'm excited to finally have you on. Awesome, glad to be here. Yeah, so excited to talk about churn and everything around it, especially with us being a newer business. We've kind of gone through uh, the good fight of reducing this and have found some really key areas that we were able to find improvement through. Right, yeah, churn, right, the lifeblood. I mean, the lifeblood of any business, but I know uh, in SaaS, right, People have become obsessed with churn over the last several years, almost like they were obsessed with growth, I feel like, before that. (laughs) Like they realized that like churn is actually the growth. Churn is the new growth. Um, So yeah, excited to have you on because we haven't had anybody on to talk about in this early rebrand that we've had of the show to talk about churn yet. So glad to have you on. Um, And really, uh, we're just going to jump right into it. So uh, obviously churn is one of those metrics that everyone knows is important, right? So this first question feels a little silly asking, but um, in terms of priority, like how did you and the team at OnStack like identify this specific area as a priority or as an opportunity um, now? Like what led to that? Maybe what signals did you see? What metrics were you tracking that led the team to say, okay, we need to go all in on improving this right now? Yeah, so... I mean, it's a great intro to that question of, I don't think any company looks at churn and goes, this is a really great thing. We should actually (laughs) increase this percentage. Um, I wouldn't necessarily want to work there in customer success if that was the deal. But for us, and we kind of compartmentalize this because we can, of course, do how we perceived this of customers returning that were really great fits for us. And that wasn't a good signal to us because that to us is preventable. However, Uh, we can really look at an industry statistic of what we call involuntary churn. And involuntary churn was something that we actually identified as an area we could quickly resolve and fix through using and leveraging other applications. And that's where a churn comes from a payment failure. So this comes from somebody's card changed, somebody's card was stolen, or it expired. Um, And in the industry, especially B2B, it's actually a 1.39%. So that's a whole percent of churn that we could completely prevent just by having systems in place that alert the customer success manager when that card has expired or when a payment has failed. Uh, So that was a key area that signaled to us that there was something else in churn rather than just the customer experience that we could improve. And we could actually improve the customer monitoring for those dunning operations. Right. Right. So somebody's card gets declined for whatever reason, and then they just never... They never go fix the problem and they're just like, ah, never mind. Didn't, you know. Yeah, or they're actually, um, I forget the exact percentage, but there are a lot of businesses that don't even alert the customer that the card's declined, right? right? Payment operations and billing ops isn't always hugely prioritized, especially in SaaS. We kind of just want to build the product first and we'll figure out how to charge people for it later. Um, so what it's called is dunning and that's yep. handling payment errors and all of that. And a lot of businesses, that's not implemented. So for us, we actually didn't have full implementation of this. Um, So just by bringing in Dunning, we're already cutting out those involuntary churns where people don't even know they're about to churn. Right, right. Yeah, that'll that'll be the next. I don't want to uh, cannibalize our next section here. But so I just want to crystallize this one. So was involuntary churn, was that really the signal that said, okay, we we need to focus here? 
Involuntary churn was one of the things that we really focused on because we are always focused on voluntary, especially in customer success. Churn is something sure. you'll always own. Um, so that was a signal for something else we could focus on that was compartmentalized under churn. And uh, what was, did you say there was a specific uh, percentage that uh, the involuntary churn that you guys were experiencing? So the industry standard is like 1.39%. For us, there was probably about 3% of our churn was coming from involuntary. Right. Okay. So that made sense that you looked at that as like that was, uh, and and Dunning is a process that isn't exactly simple to implement either, right? Like there's a lot that that goes into that, um, which kind of leads into the next question. Like get into the X's and O's of how the team actually went about improving it, both involuntary and voluntary. Like what were some of the things, projects that you implemented and, you know, what did that look like? Yeah. So first off is, uh, because I want to broad this so that other people can also take away, is we're a very specific use case of the first thing that we did when we were experiencing all this churn is we talked to people. Because realistically, churn can kind of come at a few parts. Is It can be customer experience where they, we just don't have what they wanted. Uh, it can also be that somebody in the business, one of the decision makers or one of the specialists, went and saw a different platform, started to use it, and then made a business case. And in most of those cases, we can't even revert that change because they've already stepped ahead. So what we did was we asked the right questions. We standardized the churn process, which is something a lot of people can do that actually isn't implemented. A lot of times, it's just support will handle. Um, a downgrade or a cancellation, and there's no one even just spreadsheet of what all of those reasons were. It's usually in some support software and tagged away for only support managers to look at. So the first thing we did is we standardized a form of what do we want to ask people. We required that they provided us even two words of feedback. And then for anybody who provided elongated feedback, so that's kind of a signal that they have a lot to say to us, uh, we followed up and we tried to schedule an optional Zoom call with them. That's where we asked them about the platform, asked them what went wrong. And then that provided us information that education was just a missing sector. So we developed a lot more of our educational materials and became a lot more proactive about the distribution of those. So we kind of, from there, starting at the churn spot and moving backwards, learned a lot about where the customer experience was falling off, where people were getting confused, or they were finding things that in their eyes were limitations, but there was actually a workaround to it. So once we did that, we started to improve our customer onboarding by sending out those educational emails, having proactive um, follow-ups, and then also we're implementing constant monitoring. So one thing that we found a lot about a lot of customers that were churning was their activity on the platform was slimming a lot in their last about month before churn. Kind of expected if you're starting sure. to dislike a platform and you're thinking of leaving it, you're not gonna log into it every single day. So what we set up was monitoring to really be able to see when a customer was falling off of that trail of activity uh, so that we can be more proactive in reaching out to those specific customers. So if you haven't logged in in the last 30 days, we're putting you on an email segment so that we can send you more education, more new features, um, and really get your excitement back up for the platform, and then having human intervention for larger accounts if that activity starts to really slim. What's the approach there? So I'm a user. I haven't logged in in a month. What does your first email to me look like? Are you basing it off of like my specific usage? Is it general for everyone? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so that email is kind of dynamic of what's going on that month. We try to do those um, every so often. 
of sending out if we have new features that month, kind of just an excitement email of stuff for you to explore. Because okay. realistically, if you're in the process and you're a customer who's used us for long enough that we have enough data on your activity that we can threshold and see that there is a decline, you should have already learned about all the features. So now it's kind of we have to give you that email to welcome you back to the platform of here's a new thing to explore, here's a new reason to log in. Um, because especially in our case, for some founders, they just don't update their website for a whole two months. So they might not churn, but we still want to keep make sure that they're logging in and they're still experiencing the platform. And they're still understanding that we're constantly increasing the benefit they're getting from us rather than just having it stagnant at what they previously experienced. So you're rather than reaching out and saying, hey, John, you haven't logged in in three weeks, you're not leading with like the negative. Right. Yeah. And, and like reminding them. I remember this was a debate at a company I used to work at was like, should we remind them? essentially you're reminding them that they haven't been using the product. Right. Or the route you're taking is let's lead with something positive. Let's tell them about some of these new exciting things that we've launched and lead that way instead. Right. And kind of yeah. not ignore the fact that they haven't logged in, but don't leave with that. And then another thing that for myself, whenever we do, we do those customer intervention points, rather than me being on customer success, reaching out and going, John, you haven't logged in in 30 <laughs> days. I need you to log in again. I'm going to give you an action point. So instead, we look over your website and we say, hey, your blog is a little bit lacking. Here's one of our blogs from our amazing new uh, senior marketing manager, Kaylee, who actually has like completely reformed our blog, which has helped a lot because um, the material she's creating is in different areas than just what our app does. She writes on SEO and things that you can use our platform to leverage, but things that are more industry standard. So now a lot of those touch points are, hey, you're not putting out a lot of blogs and I'm seeing a lack in your traffic. Let's talk about how we can implement a blogging strategy following some of our tips. Right. And that leverages of, now you're chatting with me, a representative of, of Unstack. So we're kind of still nurturing that relationship, but we're also giving you actual tips that you would leverage the platform during. So if you're going to write some blogs, we host your blogs, so you're going to be writing them in Unstack. And then if you're going to be improving your traffic, you're going to have further analysis on our insights page. So we're giving you actions that will help your business and not necessarily just focus on like, hey, for me to meet my metric, I need you to log in again because... <laughs> Nobody really cares about our internal metrics. They would rather, hey, I want to help your business. Yeah. So here's how we can do that. And in doing that, you're also going to help my internal metric. It's benefits over features from a customer's... Everybody likes to talk about benefits over features in a marketing standpoint, right? Write copy that focuses on benefits over features. But from a customer support perspective, you're leading with the benefit to their business. Not, hey, I need you to log in and, and basically create more data and trigger more events in the app. So, so you get put into this other bucket and... Uh, and I hit my numbers. Um, so yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? And what I'm also interested in, I wanted to dig into was, it's not like, it sounds like a, what triggers a lot of the intel that leads to your campaigns is this exit survey, right? That essentially mm -hmm. what you've created is an exit survey. Early on, you said that before a lot of the tags and a lot of that information would just live in your customer support software and the only people that would see it is like the support reps or support managers. So... Um, this exit survey, does it live? Where does it live? And, and the response is how are those made accessible so that, you know, everyone kind of gets that information and can apply it to their functions, you know, as appropriate? Yeah. So, first off, from somebody who manages a lot of our support here at Unstack, the first motion we did with that form was we got really strict about it. You know, there's something we said about delivering experience and also getting data. 
of at first we were very lenient of like support can just process something if they think the customer is already annoyed let's just go ahead and downgrade them like don't force them to fill out another form we got very strict of every single customer who wants to unsubscribe needs to go through this form and what we did there is at first it was a google form we now uh have completely modified it to live on our website so if you write into support uh you get a link to that form fill it out, it goes into one of our Google Sheets that is analyzed by our leadership team. Mm -hmm. So that's accessible to every single C-level on our team, every manager who needs access to it, um, and especially our vice president of sales and marketing. Uh, so that they can constantly review that and kind of see where that's leaning for this month because obviously churn reasons will always change. If there's only one reason for churn in your business, I'm hoping you're resolving it quickly. Um, so we're always looking for those rising reasons that are coming up. And having one form that every single piece of churn has to go through is really beneficial in being able to notice, hey, this feature we're missing is starting to actually cost us dollars. Right, right. Um, and that's funny you mentioned that too. The the controversy around making people fill out the form when they cancel is something specific I remember from uh, uh, referencing that company again that I worked at where uh, it was like we did the same thing putting the question where they had to answer. It was like, no, 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 we can't do that. You can't make someone answer a question when they're already pissed off or they're churning. Like, um, there was debate. Let's, let's include four to eight multiple choice options. But I, but the, the argument against that at the time was you don't learn much from that when you're already just kind of giving them the out or they, they either just choose one just because they want to be done with it or none of them are quite right. And so you're never getting quite the right specific information. Um, whereas the open text field, which it sounds like is what you did, is like the open text, they have to actually write an answer. Um, yeah. That's so, so much more insightful. One thing we did, yeah. One thing we did on our churn form is we actually provide, we have a saves uh, program built in there. And what we do is there's one drop down that asks you why you're leaving us. Uh, we'll also take in data about what plan you're planning on switching to because there are interplan churns where we're just going to lose money, but you're not downgrading to free necessarily. And then based on your responses there, we'll offer you a save. So we might offer you like three months for free, 50% off. We're just trying to basically like turn this churn form to save some revenue. Uh, but we are also requiring that open text field. We require that you fill it out with at least like two to three words. Reason for that is, as you said, as I think anybody who's had to quickly cancel an app, nobody really wants to fill out this form. So if I can just click a drop down and then click the first answer, you're going to do it. Um, how we did it where we actually made it so that it wasn't such a painful touch point because what you're saying of this customer already wants to leave us let's not make their experience worse so that they actually come back is we basically inform them please fill out this form to formalize your downgrade request so right they're getting a confirmation email it's formalized it's going to be in their inbox they have proof that they did this action so they're no no longer going to be charged then we have support just write that to them so that they can have some formulation of benefit it's not a huge benefit but Something so they feel like they're actually getting something from spending that 30 seconds on the form. Right, right. All right, so just to crystallize this whole section here, you basically use the exit surveys to improve your intelligence on why people, uh, the intelligence and just the distribution across your company of why people are churning. But then you use that information to basically launch and improve the existing campaigns that you had and nurturing sequences to re-engage people before they churn. And basically to you know, what you did was you're able to kind of forecast who might churn and you kind of try to address that ahead of time. So this last section, like what can you share in terms of any results you've seen, 
or positive signals in any one direction? And how do you measure that? Yeah, so positive results we've seen is the implementation of our saves program. So our saves is uh, doing those proactive offers during their churn sequence of offering them three months at 50% off, offering them 25% uh, off for a certain duration, offering them basically these small offers just to keep them with us. Uh, that's been beneficial of just saving the relationship for the time being. We've also been able to leverage this data to prevent future churns. Uh, there's something we said of you can save one churn by just learning from it one time or analyzing that one specific churn and then having a very specific outreach, or you can use it to then prevent uh, further churn. Sure. Of if you find that there's this crucial help doc that's not there, rather than explaining it to this customer once over email, writing out that help doc, writing out the education around it, and then sending that to every single customer when they're around that touch point to prevent uh, further later on churns. For us specifically, our metrics are definitely still being measured through churn, um, and we're seeing those lowerings month to month, but we don't formally have a year to year yet. Uh, but we have decreased a lot in the involuntary by having that human engagement of us emailing people and saying, here's your update credit card link. If it's an issue or you can call your bank, giving them that helpful information of how to prevent that involuntary churn. And then for voluntary, continuous analyzing on that and also having that exit interview, that's a good touch point of, in a lot of case scenarios, if they're a really good customer, sometimes during their exit interview with a person, we would actually be able to reactivate their subscription by doing another round of saves offer that actually comes from a human being. Right, right. That's really interesting. So the involuntary has even gone down just from the simple sequences of reaching out to people, letting them know that their card needs to be updated and, and things like that. So that sounds like it was a it was a quick win. It was a quick win, especially having a person do it. You're more a lot more likely, especially if there's an established relationship with a customer success manager, um, just having a quick, even automated email with my name on it usually gets a higher open than an email from Stripe or anything sure. that says, your credit card declined. A lot of people that might actually hit their spam box, whereas it it's from me, we can just write, we're having an issue processing your payment. Usually it's resolved within about 12 to 24 hours. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Because they are going to get that email from the from the provider, but then having the one from a human from, from Unstack is, is proven to be more effective. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, this was great, Chris. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing you know, so much information. I know churn is, you know, typically something people don't like to talk about right? when it, when it involves their company, but everyone's experiencing it, right? Like every, every company of, of any industry of any niche, right. Has churn customers. So, um, thanks for coming on and sharing so much information and, and, uh, for sharing what, what you've been doing that's working. Of course, definitely. Especially with churn, it's such a huge problem in, I mean, the B2B industry and B2C even, with it being higher there. So I feel like it is something to hopefully move the mark of us talking more about it because right. there's so much to learn about it. And remove the stigma. I think so few companies want to say we have churn, but statistics show almost every company has churn. Yeah, yeah. We, we want to, uh, people want to have that notion that, oh, that this company doesn't, their customers are all happy or they don't, they don't lose any customers. But like you said, uh, look at the industry average. I mean, everybody experiences it. So yeah, kudos to you for coming on and talking about it. Thanks a lot for coming on. Definitely. Thanks for having me.
Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.